Welcome to the KDD Review Podcast and this, the penultimate episode in our special bonus series all about the KDD Review Retail and Design Awards 2023. There's now only a few days to go before the big night in Cardiff on April the 20th and the final episode in this series will be coming from the event itself where hopefully I'll be catching up with winners, judges and any other industry bobs I can pin down. But for today, we're meeting another couple of finalists, and this time we're at the sharp end of the retail categories with Sophia Boone from Solar Kitchens in London. They're up for Kitchen Showroom of the Year for their new Wigmore Street site, and Michael Queen from Thistle Kitchens and Bathrooms in Aberdeen. They're on the shortlist for Bathroom Retailer of the Year. We'll be hearing all about what makes their businesses tick as they talk to KBB Review editor Rebecca Nottingham. And as always, here's the all-important caveat. Just because they're on the podcast doesn't mean they've won. But before before I hand over to Rebecca. A massive thank you as always to our awards podcast partner for 2023, Sonas Bathrooms. Their very generous support is making this special series happen. And if you're unfamiliar with them, they're a very well-established and successful supplier in their native island, and they've just launched over here in the UK. They're definitely one to watch, so thank you again to them, and you can find out all about them at sonasbathrooms.co.uk. I'll put that link in the episode description. And so now it's over to KBB Review editor, Rebecca Nottingham. So welcome to the KBB Review podcast. First up today, we have Sophia Boone, the founder of Solar Kitchens. Her company is a finalist in this year's Kitchen Showroom of the Year category with its new studio on Wigmore Street. Hi, Sophia. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you very much. And then we have Michael Queen, the Group Marketing Manager for Thistle Kitchens and Bathrooms in Aberdeen, who are a finalist in this year's Bathroom Retailer of the Year category. Hi, Michael. Hi, Rebecca. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Thanks for joining me. So I think it'd probably be good to get a little bit of background on both businesses. So, Sophia, let's start with you. Could you give us a 10-second overview of Solar Kitchens? Yes, absolutely. We um, uh, set up 17 years ago now, and uh, I started a company because I wanted to introduce bespoke Scandinavian design to uh, to the UK. I started 2006, and we have grown steadily over the years, and we have now uh, three showrooms in London, which is Fulham, Hampstead, and now Wigmore Street. We have 24 full-time staff plus the lifting teams. Okay, well, that's some growth, isn't it? And we'll, we'll <laughs> talk more about that shortly. But Michael, let's hear from you about Thistle Kitchens and Bathrooms. Thistle Kitchens and Bathrooms is probably the newest part of the Thistle Home Improvements Group. Thistle Kitchens and Bathrooms has is, is, is been an entity since 2016. And the parent company, Thistle Windows and Conservatories, has been going since 1995. So we, we've got a long and healthy experience in the home improvement sector. And while Kitchens and Bathrooms is the, the newer part of our group, it's certainly something that we haven't gone into without the support of that wealth of experience and, and knowledge in general. And uh, we've certainly been seeing the positive results from that uh, over the last three, four years. Fantastic. Okay, so really strong businesses there. I'm just going to go to you, Sophia. You're no stranger to the awards either. You've been a finalist in the design categories before. Sum up how it feels to have made the shortlist in the Kitchen Showroom of the Year category. It really super exciting. We were completely thrilled, the whole team, uh, when we uh, 
were notified that we were finalists. As you've said, we've been finalists before, but I think the showroom award, for us, it's very big and particularly for a completely brand new showroom and where we really put in our hearts and souls and time and sweat and tears into it to get it exactly how we want it. So it it really is super exciting. We'll talk about the showroom in in a second because it is something very special. But Michael, over to you. While Thistle aren't new to the podcast, this is the first year that you've actually entered our awards. I think I'm right in saying. Yeah, that's correct. The first year we've we've ever entered. So I, I guess I made the finalist uh, announcement that just more special for us because um, we we didn't really know what to expect and. Uh, particularly for the bathroom side of our business. When we look at Thistle Kitchens and Bathrooms, the kitchen side of things started up a little bit sooner than the bathrooms, which only really came into play in, in, at the end of 2020. So it's an incredible achievement for us to be a finalist. And we're still kind of pinching ourselves, you know, every now and then just to kind of realize that it's a sign of just how far we've come with the bathroom side of our business in a relatively short period of time. When you put it like that, actually, that really is an incredible story. So something we'll definitely come back to. But first of all, just to talk to Sophia about the Wigmore Street showroom. Was that always the dream to have a showroom on Wigmore Street? Yes, is the is the short answer. Even since I, when I started up and I knew nothing about kitchen design when I started, I my background is uh, I was a solicitor for 10 years uh, and made a bit of a U, U-turn in my career and started a kitchen company. But um, having been to, to Wigmore, Street many times and been inspired by all the showrooms up here and it's really being the Bond Street for kitchens. It was always uh, on my agenda to have a showroom here and I, I've been trying for many years. I've, I've actually been looking at I think four properties before this one over the years but for various reasons it hasn't hasn't come through but now finally we've managed to get a property and uh, it's it's exciting. What was the idea behind the showroom design? Because there's a, there is a couple of really unique elements in there. And I, I'm particularly intrigued by the tree. Oh, the old tree. Yeah, so... What we wanted to do, we did quite a lot of research into what we wanted to do before we put pencil to paper to start to draw things up. And because we offer a lot of different type of styles. We we don't only do super classic or, or super modern. We do very much eclectic styles and we mix and match materials and uh, colors and styles and, and all of that. And that has very much become our own style. And uh, when you look at Wigmore Street and also when you look at pretty much the UK kitchen showrooms, it's usually either very modern or it's it's quite classic. And particularly on Wigmore Street, it's very modern. It's German or or, or Italian, most of the brands here, and it's handleless, uh, flat-fronted, modern, loads of shiny uh, stone and things like that, all very beautiful. So as a newcomer, we wanted to try to do something very, very different. So we needed to create something at the front which brings people in to the showroom and then create a journey which gives people something different to look at. Uh, so when they've been walking up and down the road and seeing all the big established international brands to come in and say, oh, actually, this is different. We've created uh, loads of different styles. It's, it's 
all relatively modern, but we wanted to do a very homely feel to the showroom and also very, very Scandinavian feel to it. And so people come in and it should feel calm and relaxing and inviting and friendly and super stylish at the same time. So the tree in the front, that actually came about quite late in the day. We've installed trees in kitchens a few times before. This one, one of the our designers who was responsible for the, the main design of the showroom, she came up with, actually, can't we have a tree in the front planted in a floating uh, a breakfast bar with swings hanging from it? And uh, my initial reaction was, uh, no, <laughs> we can't have that. But then I thought about it and actually actually, we can probably pull that one off. So we started to sketch on it and plan all the structure and everything behind it. And it worked out <laughs> in the end. It was a, a bit painful to, to get everything into, into place, but it, uh, it, it worked out. And it, it really is a wow factor. Everyone who come in, they, they comment on the swings and the, and the tree. That's quite key, isn't it? You want to stand out on any high street, but particularly, you know, in Wigmore Street when the competition is so high. That's, Absolutely. That, that's quite key. Michael, you're in a different category as bathroom retailer, but a massive part of being a bathroom retailer is, is the showroom. So what can you add to Sophia's description there about what's key to having a, a strong showroom? Sophia makes that point so, so very clearly. It's really about, you know, standing out and making an impression. I do have to say as well, I am absolutely obsessed with that uh, tree display, by the way, Sophia. <laughs> Thank you. Um, it really is amazing. Um, I guess our kind of approach with, with the showroom is to stand out through the process of the customer journey through the showroom. So our aim is for that customer to reflect not just on what they've seen, I suppose, in the showroom, but to have a, a certain tangible feeling of it having been a, an overall experience both in terms of what they've seen and how the, the members of our team have interacted with them and, and how we've dealt with any queries that they have. And that's been quite a big focus for us. It's been that consideration of uh, the, the customer journey, I suppose, and how that in itself can can create the, the positive outcomes that we, we want as a, as a showroom and a retailer and as a business. Yeah, and, and actually it's interesting because, Sophia, you touched on that, that exact phrase, customer journey. So that was something that you also paid a lot of attention to in the design of the Wigmore Street store. Uh, exactly. You need something that draws in and then you, you need the, the whole journey through the showroom to be exciting and with new things. Just talking then about the thistle, what was your approach, Michael? When we kind of looked at the showroom initially, it wasn't a case of, you know, these are the manufacturers we're going to use. These are the, the products we're going to use. How do we do we set them out? It was very much a case of what do we feel customers want to see? What do we feel that would add value to their experience of choosing a new kitchen or bathroom? And then we kind of built the showroom back from that concept, which is arguably, I suppose, the, the way to do it. And what we do find with our showroom is that we've got a little bit of everything kind of sprinkled all around so there's not a clear path I would say a clear distinct path to take through our showroom we've always felt that's quite important it's for people to carve out their own path I suppose and and that's effectively what people are doing when they're they're choosing their their kitchen or bathroom but we've designed it in a way that wherever you go throughout the showroom whatever path you take there are always little things sprinkled here and there that we think are going to prompt people to 
to ask a member of staff kind of talking points. And we really feel that's the best way to do it is to have to pe- have people come into the showroom to feel welcomed, but not to feel pressured and for them to approach our team rather than the other way around. And it's it's certainly a, a setup and a design that's that's worked very well for us. Sophia, actually, that's quite interesting. Is that, is that how it works in your showroom or is it a different approach being in, in Wigmore Street? It, it depends, to be honest, because um, our other showrooms, so in Fulham and, and Hampstead, they've been much more destination showrooms. So less of just footfall where people just come in and, and browse around. But with Wigmore Street, because being where it is, you have a much higher number of people basically coming into Wigmore Street, walking up and down the road and visiting basically every single showroom. So you will have a much higher number of people coming in who just want to browse a little bit and they start to get their initial uh, ideas. And uh, of course, then we have a lot of lot of meetings uh, as well, where we they sit down with the designers and start to, to discuss the kitchens. What also what we do with the designers is that they rotate between the different showrooms, which means that uh, they can have a client who comes into to Wigmore Street and do the first meeting here, but then maybe they are closer to Hampstead or Fulham, and then they can have the follow-up meetings uh, there. And that works quite well. How different is Wigmore Street's style to the other two London showrooms? Because although they are other London showrooms, is the difference quite vast? Well, it's kind of the same style, but Wigmore Street is so much bigger. So we have about 150 square meter here showroom space compared to about 45 in the uh, in Fulham and, and Hampstead. So Fulham and Hampstead, we've had to squeeze in much more on a much much smaller uh, space. And here we've got much bigger showroom with with two very distinct different areas. And one area has nearly five meter ceiling height and large ceiling uh, roof light windows which just creates an amazing space so we've been able to show much more here than than we have been able to do in uh, in the other showrooms so style is is similar throughout all the showrooms but it's just we're able to do more mixing matching and showing more variety uh, at Wigmore Street yeah so it's almost like an extension as well of the other two yes yes very much Michael, going back to the Thistle Kitchens and Bathrooms story, which is really quite incredible, as you touched on, you know, you only introduced bathrooms in 2020 and now you're in the Bathroom Retailer of the Year category at the KBB Review Awards. So how have you got to this point? What do you think is the key to the success? I think if we could distill it down to just one thing, if if there was one thing we had to distill it down to, Rebecca, I, I would have to say, it really is just down to to the team and the and, and the people that work here. It has been quite a journey, particularly on the bathroom side of the business. Our showroom, including the the bathroom side of the showroom, was um, originally meant to to open in in early 2020. We timed it exceptionally well. We had a, a staff opening party in February 2020, and we were about ready to throw open the doors in March. And of course. <laughs> Oh dear. Yeah, COVID and lockdowns and um, we very much had the rug pulled out from under us. So that was very hard for us as a a team to take. There'd been so much investment and development to get to that moment to be ready to go and then just to have it taken away from us was uh, exceptionally hard. But again, returning as a business later on in 2020, getting things going again. You know, that was really, really testament to, to our team. And it's it's not been, you know, that that was definitely not an easy period for 
for any uh, company. But we've managed to see things grow and develop from there. And um, particularly this first quarter of 2023, one thing we referenced in our entry was a, a specific target of turnover that we were looking to hit in 2023. And, uh, you know, after our first quarter, we're already halfway, over halfway towards that annual target that we set for ourselves. So the growth and the momentum that we've had over the last three years has been exceptional. And it, it really, I, I do have to put it down to the to the people I work alongside because they, they've got so much passion and so much dedication to, to what we do. And, you know, none of this would have been possible without them. Absolutely none of it. Exactly. Behind every great business is is the team, isn't it? And it's great that you can recognise that as well. Obviously, these have been some very, uh, you touched on it, some very challenging years, personal perspectives, but business as well. The KBB industry was lucky in some respects, you know, we actually had a boom time, didn't we? But that also brought with it some big challenges, the supply issues that have been well documented. Um, oh dear. <laughs> yes. So Sophia, I mean, that's obviously affected your business. How is that now? How is How are those challenges? How is the supply chain faring at the moment it's better definitely better than it uh, it was but it's still a lot of issues i have to say particularly on the appliance side it just takes so long time to get anything so even if we order it things like sometimes four to six months in advance we don't have all appliances uh, when we are uh, when we're installing and so frustrating for the client and for us and also so costly because we have to ship separately send over installers get electricians plumbers this that and the other so it, it is still challenging some materials we also still have issues with with long lead times but a lot of it's starting to to settle down which is nice well yeah that's that's good news. I mean, you've been retailing for, for 17 years, as you said. So how have you dealt with those kind of last minute changes to how you operate? Do you Have you had to change how you put together designs and quotes? Because obviously prices have been changing in... Yeah, a, a lot of things have changed. And, and I think for us, we had a, a big hit um, summer two years ago when all the supply issues started to, to materialize and everything was delayed, basically. And you have to start to call around clients and say things are going to be delayed and, and changing things. And that was horrendous. And everyone was unhappy, including including us. But then we quite quickly adjusted to that to basically inform clients much better that things will take longer. We increased our lead times to the clients. We always used to work on an eight-week lead times from order to delivery, but now we're still working on a, on a longer lead time and mainly today to be able to get as many of the appliances as possible. And we've also done things, changed things around. So we order up appliances much earlier on if we can it's always tricky because something may happen. So the clients change their mind. But for the ones that are really long lead times, we still order them up early before the final design and final contract are, are in place. So we are changing things around still to adjust. But I think the whole industry has now kind of started to learn how to, to deal with it. It's still difficult, though, I have to say, to use the COVID excuse to the client saying when, when things are delayed because everyone else is so fed up with a COVID excuse, but it still affects us. Michael, what about Thistle? You're obviously a kitchen and a bathroom retailer. Have you experienced this on the appliance side and across the bathroom sector of the business as well? 
Yeah, absolutely. Pretty much everything that Sophie has described, we've also had to contend with our, ourselves in one way or another. And as much as you know, our supplier relationships are very, very strong, this is just something that's affected every possible supplier across the, the entire spectrum of, uh, of the industry. I, I guess if I was to to add something to the conversation there, I, I think what we've found and you know what what we we tried to do as a company very very early, kind of coming back after after COVID and all the lockdowns was just being as as open and honest with with all of our clients as possible, and um, you know setting the the expectations of uh, unfortunately the you know the unpredictable lead times um, across the supply chain. We found that that's been certainly helpful. I mean, it's it's certainly not in our interest for for any supplies or installations to be taking longer than they need to be. But it, you know, our customers are very much aware from the beginning and. That, that that's the the case in, in the situation we're in and and now that we are three years down the line post covid it's something that i think pretty much any client that walks into our showroom now will have a an understanding of uh, i guess these things affect you know not just our industry but you know everything across uh, the, the entirety of the country one thing that we've benefited on quite significantly which I suppose balances out some of the issues that we've had with uh, the supply chain is when it comes to our installation resource, we've invested quite heavily in a uh, trades academy, which we've uh, used to kind of train our next generation of plumbers, electricians, kitchen fitters, joiners. So we've benefited from a, a steady flow of additional installation resource into our teams. And that's been very significant in, in trying to balance some of those issues. And it's something that arguably, if we could turn back the clock, we would have set that academy up a, a long time ago. Hindsight's always twenty twenty. Actually, I'd like to talk to you more about the, the academy. So that that's your own apprenticeship, is it? It is. So we use the academy as our kind of catch-all term for all of the, the trainee and apprentice positions that we take on. One thing we've always prided ourselves on as a company is we try wherever possible to directly employ our own tradespeople. And that's been core of our installation service offering for, for many, many years, going all the way back to 1995. So we have... I suppose, different streams for different positions. So we'll find that maybe some candidates who join us are better with on the tools learning as opposed to the more traditional college supported apprentice routes. And that's certainly been beneficial for a, a number of young people who have joined us over the years. But it certainly gives us the flexibility to provide our own in-house training where required, engage with local colleges through formal apprenticeships where that's valid and, and necessary as well. But it's it, it's very much a, a key part of our uh, overall HR and recruitment process now. It's ensuring that every year we've got an intake for what we see are going to be the key positions in the next two, three, four, five years. That's really interesting because you're not only investing in the your own business there, but you're actually bringing in and teaching the installers of tomorrow effectively for use by the whole industry. So it's quite commendable there as well. Sophia, how does the installation side work at Solar? Well, we haven't had that much of a problem, to be honest. And I think the main reason is that we've been working with a number of teams for 
many years. So, uh, so we have a, a, a we don't employ our fitters um, directly. They are they are self-employed. But m- most of the ones we work with do a large amount of their work with us and have been working with us for some of them up to like 12, 13 years. So um, on that side, we actually haven't had that much of a problem. Just thought I'd ask you guys, what is it really that motivates you to work in the KBB industry? And we'll go to you first, Sophia, as your story is quite interesting personally when you you were a solicitor and you came into the KBB industry. So what is it that motivates you every day to sort of really push forward with the business? Well, I think... uh... It's still very much the same reason from when I when I started. I I I, I love design. I love food and eating and cooking and everything that has to do with with kitchens. So I I do have a, I really do have a passion for the for for the product and then being able to bring in something completely different to the market and when we get the comments from from clients and we see finished projects and it's it is so amazingly satisfying to uh, to to be able to to deliver what we what we do. Yeah, that's what makes me get up of bed every day <laughs> with a smile. <laughs> Brilliant. And Michael, over to you. What is it that motivates you and the rest of the team to continuously push every day? Yeah, I guess for us, Thistle is a is a company has always been extremely highly rated in terms of our customer satisfaction. And one thing that we've used quite heavily over the years is very much a, an independent tool to show customers that we are exactly what we say we are is um, for the core part of our business for many, many years since the, the early 90s, each of our customer installations has been independently audited by a, an independent uh, standards organization. And consistently, you know, over the last 25 plus years, we've been achieving those customer satisfaction rates of 97 plus percent on a, a yearly basis. And, and I guess, you know, there's, you know, 25 years on, there's a real sense of kind of pride of, of that legacy that we've had. And despite all the challenges that have been thrown at us, we've never compromised on that core end result of customer satisfaction. And, you know, I would say I've been with the company for, for 11 years now and seeing a completed installation, whether that's a, a window or a door or an extension or a kitchen or a bathroom, to see a completed installation and you know, to follow that customer's journey all the way back to their initial inquiry and just to know that they've been given the absolute best possible service at every point of that journey, that doesn't become um, any less satisfying to, to see at the end of the day. And uh, I guess it boils down to you know myself and, and the wider team. We know as a company, we do a good job. We know that we deliver on the promises that, that we put to our, our customers and our clients. You know, it's that drive to consistently be delivering those levels of satisfaction. As Sophia says as well, it's just that's what gets you you up and going at the end of the day. It's making people happy and giving people the the kitchens, bathrooms or home home installations um, that they've dreamed of. Yeah, exactly. Brilliant. And I mean, obviously, both businesses are clearly doing something right. I just want to finish on awards, as that was the theme of the whole podcast. What bit of advice would you give to other people that have been thinking about entering the awards, but haven't had the confidence, perhaps, to put themselves out there? Sophia, over to you first. 
Well, it's a no-brainer. It's just to do it. I mean, what's the worst thing that can happen is that you don't get uh, in as a finalist and then you try the next year again. I think it's uh, every every business, uh, small or large, doesn't really matter. Have the uh, have the ability to put together a stunning stunning design and just go for it. Try. Why not? I couldn't have put it better myself, actually. (laughs) Michael, what would you say to somebody who's thinking about entering but hasn't had the confidence to do so yet? Yeah, I would certainly echo Sophia as well in saying that, you know, there's there's certainly nothing to lose. It's an opportunity and, you know, you only really find out, um, you know, what's going to come of that if you embrace it and you put yourself forward. But I would say as well that it's definitely... uh, Certainly going through this this finalist process and having, you know, an, an official judge visit us and, and to go through everything that was part of that process, that in itself was a, a hugely beneficial experience uh, for us to have somebody from outside the business with, you know, significant industry experience to look at what we're doing and, you know, to tell us what we're doing is right and to to give us their opinion on ways that we could potentially improve ourselves in the future as well. It's a huge opportunity to put yourself open to to constructive feedback and and, and exceptional um, insight into what you do as a business. And, uh, you know, it's, it's one of the key ways that as a business, you're going to grow and develop and succeed in the future. It's, uh, it's definitely been an exceptional learning experience. Brilliant. Thank you for that. Guys, I'm sure we could chat on all day, but it's been fantastic talking to you both really interesting getting an insight into both businesses as well and I suppose all I left to say is wish you good luck and I'll see you at the awards thank you very much thank you very much for uh, having us it's uh, it's been a pleasure thank you it's been amazing really enjoyed.